This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. That the American banking system is really um, safe and well capitalized. It's resilient. Uh, yeah, but do you feel that way this morning? Do you feel as confident as U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen feels about our banking system? Sure don't. Uh, Marsh, do you feel as confident as Yellen does? It depends where your money's invested, but no. <laughs> I'm, I'm with y'all. I don't feel that good either. She made those comments on TV, by the way, before a second bank was taken over by the feds yesterday. Welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon Rathard. Happy Stephanie Bell is back. Howsworth. John Marsh is here. That's producer Hannah. Before we get more into what really happened here, do want to mention this uh, really quick. John, uh, Missouri State Police, Herman Police Department, they are looking for our help this morning what happens apparently two officers shot in herman last night they say it happened around 9 30 at the casey's in herman they were called into a into what they was termed as a disturbance in herman and they got into a shootout with a man named kenneth lee simpson fled the scene in a black jeep wrangler from an unknown direction out of herman understood from some information we had one officer was shot in the head the other in the chest Conditions unknown at this time and no one in custody. All right. And I did reach out to the Herman Police Department this morning. We're told Missouri State Highway Patrol is handling this uh, right now. We are trying to get somebody on air. And I don't I don't know if I uh, uh, buy this, but they said, well, they're all all info is coming from Twitter. And I said, well, I would like to talk with somebody. So we can inform the public who doesn't have Twitter right here and now. I had a little bit out of sh- I, that triggered me this morning, well, man. We're trying to pass information along to the well. The MSHP is putting it out on Twitter. No, we want to talk to somebody now for so we can get immediate information. I and I I share a little bit of your frustration. I'm kind of torn on that. I am not a big fan of of giving information. I mean, it's okay to give information on Twitter. But a lot of people don't have it. Many people are not even on it, so um, they're relying on people like us and stuff. Uh, I can tell you this, and John did a good job kind of summing this up. Our news partner, ABC 17's Kennedy Miller, who normally is in the morning anchor chair, is actually in the field this morning. And she is reporting that the there are two police cars on the bridge right now informing people of what happened on the bridge. And then there are at least three police cars leading up to the Casey's, three patrol vehicles and three sheriff's vehicles so very serious situation anytime you have a blue alert issued that's a big deal blue alert is whenever officers are shot more could be in danger and uh when houseworth is referring to the bridge he's talking about uh, the bridge highway 19 crossing the missouri river going into town so this was all going down as well at least i was probably already in bed there's a little bit after nine o'clock last night call comes in to the Casey's General Store. And this is one, so like when you're going into Herman, you've come down from I-70 and you're going into Herman on your right, you'll notice the big Herman City Park. This Casey's was right about the left. It was going down about 919 last night. So to recap that, we're following this for you this morning. Law enforcement, Missouri State Highway Patrol, all law enforcement, uh, urging you to be on the lookout for a 2014 Jeep Wrangler. That's kind of the convertible Jeeps. 2014 Jeep Wrangler, uh, black Missouri license plates, first three letters rf5 rf5 and aop is the last the last three just so you know we've got those as well that comes straight from the blue alert but it's kenneth lee simpson that they're looking for so what happened with his bank friday in california and then a second bank yesterday and everybody especially in the biden white house man nothing to worry about this is not going to be a repeat of 2008 nothing to worry about so what happened like a few months ago i didn't even know 
SBF, FTX. Now we're talking about a new one, SVB, right? I had no reason to know these folks, but apparently we're just losing banks left and right. We've now lost two. Yeah, and so this Silicon Valley Bank, they were hit hard by the downturn in technology stocks over the past couple of years. Everybody describes it as an old-fashioned run-on-a-bank. People started getting nervous about what stocks were doing, people in the tech sector, and that's where that bank, most of its money was high-tech and wine. Well, and so when the interest rates rates were really low, SVB went out and bought a whole bunch of mortgage-backed securities, and that was, you know, and now the interest rates have been rising, and so I think last Wednesday, they... It was revealed that they were selling some of these mortgage-backed securities off at a loss because, um, and that's what spooked people. So then everyone started to try to pull uh, their money out. And what's interesting, I mean, people have been comparing historically about people have been comparing historically about you know this potential what people are saying could be defined as a bank run. There, there's arguments over that. And older bank runs is now people have access to you know cell phones and computers and rather than having to go into your bank to pull some of your money you can just do it from your smartphone or from your yeah. computer and that kind of amplified the problem word spread on twitter folks were saying pull your money and it's a lot easier to pull your money or move your money easier than it you know was at the time we last had a bank run the most famous run on a bank the one in it's a wonderful life in the movie where there is a bank run on that but what as you just said one of the biggest differences is you can make a run on a bank a lot quicker because uh, everything is digital now. So this is happening, by the way, the largest bank since 2008, Washington Mutual, when it collapsed. Uh, then Fed's coming out making an announcement yesterday saying, oh, yeah, uh, by the way, uh, a a another bank. Is, uh, has closed. This is something that I, I worry could be a trend. Usually when one bank goes down, more banks go down. Congressman James Comer, Republican from Kentucky, and he was right. And this was interesting because I saw at least one account, and this was in USA Today, uh, say, hey, here's what happened with the whole colla uh, collapse of the bank in California. And they asked the question, and I'll hold this up if you're watching on our YouTube channel. Uh, the question was, could what happened to SVB happen to other banks? And the answer, you'll see there, highlighted in yellow and red, at the moment, no. Except yesterday, yes, because New York-based Signature Bank is now basically being seized um, and kind of undergoing the same thing as FBB. There's a lot of worry about regional banks. I don't mean to be a fear monger, right. but, you know, depending, you know, it spooked people. And, you know, if you're thinking, well, I didn't have any money at SVB, why should it matter to me? A, it's definitely spooked the markets. B, it started to kind of trickle down and spook some folks who have large sums of money at regional banks. Part of the problem is, Previously, the FDIC only insured up to $250,000, um, and you kind of thought, well, I could probably go above that and be okay, um, and now, you know, obviously the feds are stepping in with SVB, but if you had, you know, significantly higher amounts at other banks and we're thinking, I don't know that I'm covered over 250, then maybe you try to either pull some of it out or at least diversify and move it around. And so, you know, when when banks reopen this morning, I think it's going to be a, a bit of, a bit of chaos. Um, and for me, there's just a bunch of different questions like who, you know, I think 93 percent or something of all the deposits at SVB were uninsured, which means they're over that amount. Um, and so who does this affect? I know some of the bigger players were Roku, like Roblox, I mean, you know, some of these big Silicon Valley uh, people. And then, you know, uh, a question that I saw asked yesterday is how do they do the bank bailout with some sort of congressional, without congressional approval? It, like, they're just going to 
wave a magic wand on a Sunday and say, oh, you know, and, and there's some specific exceptions um, uh, that I think they are invoking in this instance. I think there'll be more. Uh, and so I think the Wall Street Journal kind of said there's going to be some legal questions about how this whole thing goes down. And then ultimately, who pays? I mean, I think that's the important question for us this morning is if, you know, so what? I don't have money at SVB, but I, am I, now am I on the hook for these big bank bailouts? And I think right now the Biden administration is saying, oh, no, it's going to go to like bank assessments and then the shareholders. But guess what? Like if you... <laughs> It's eventually going to trickle down to us, even if it's not straight tax dollars. I feel like ultimately I'm probably going to be on the hook for this. When I heard that from Yellen yesterday, I'm like, you're lying. Well, there's no cost to taxpayers. Bull. I'm pretty sure we are. This stuff matters. And here's why this is important. We'll go back to 2008. Hope it doesn't happen again. So what happened? So we can hear, well, that they got nervous and high tax and everything that Stephanie laid out for us. And people said, you know what? And it was quick. I mean, it was boom, just like that. That's how quickly that could happen. And I was chatting with somebody yesterday that was like, well, and they were repeating some of the same things that you're saying. Very well laid out. This is why it happened. Well, why were they nervous about stocks? Why were they nervous about the high tech stuff? Biden. Uh, Biden. The leadership in America. And I'll, I'll, I'll offer proof here. I, I believe. Anytime we talk about those the, the polling numbers for what they are worth, is America going in the right track or wrong direction? To me, that is a barometer of the mood of Americans, collectively the mood of us as a country. Wrong track. Uh, this is a Reuters Ipsos, uh, Ipsos poll. This was last week. 65% of Americans polled. 65% of Americans said we are on the wrong track. 65 percent. That is a massive number to me. That speaks to the we just we don't feel good as Americans. We do not feel good about things. Well, and, you know, are we on the right track or wrong track? And we can talk about banks or we can talk about schools. We can talk about priorities. And I think that's where I saw a lot of the blame falling yesterday was, you know, this bank got away from focusing on fundamentals. You know, do we have enough money, <laughs> liquidity, to, <laughs> which is pretty fundamental for a bank. But, you know, we talk about it in terms of schools. You know, are we focusing? Are we teaching writing, you know, writing, reading, and arithmetic, um, or are we focused on some sort of woke other agenda? And you know, the, a lot of people are pointing to this bank that they had all this ESG stuff. They had all they were all they had all of this focus on stuff that was extra, and they they missed the fundamentals. And really, when it comes down, when, when the rubber hits the road, what would you? What do you really want from your bank? You want to be able to get your money back. GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. I see this bank proclaiming a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion, and environmental, social, and governance factors. I'm looking at my computer screen here at uh, Silicon Valley Bank committing $5 billion to sustainable finance and carbon neutral operations to support a healthier planet. Now, it seems like sustainable finance wasn't all that sustainable, and a healthier planet did not result in a healthier balance sheet. <laughs> yeah. There I mean, one that. good news, Twitter is like a fire with some rumors about certain people who agree with the woke agenda and put their money in SVP and might have lost quite a bit of money. Uh, I don't know if I should say their names, but it's all rumors. But there are there are a lot of people who are like, yep, yeah. you got what was coming. But now they didn't get what was coming because guess what? The federal government's going to come in and give all those Silicon Valley woke folks their money back. Because they're not thinking with their heads. It's all about rainbows and unicorns and, and the environment. And there was a proper time and place for those topics. But when... <laughs> It's banking. 
That's not it, man. Coming up this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, we're going to be chatting with a local conservative running for office in a very liberal town. His challenges in right, kind of an interesting story. He's going to be joining us at 635. Coming up 650, rather strange recall notice on an automobile. Just some of the stories that we are covering for you this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Now we're getting ready for the daily DC rundown. What do you have for us this morning? We're talking about focusing on priorities and Joe Biden is focused on limiting drilling in Alaska. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. I mentioned uh, to one reporter here about a week ago Alaska probably has more sanctions put against it by our own government than it, uh, our government has against Venezuela. Mike Dunleavy, governor of Alaska, over the weekend reacting to really a couple of big pieces of news coming out of the state as it relates to energy production. That's getting us into today's daily D.C. rundown with Stephanie Bell. It's decision time for the Biden administration. Regulators are prepared to announce a final decision on this $8 billion willow product. It's an oil drilling plan up in Alaska. Um, and Biden, you know, it's the Biden administration. So, you know, he's like the climate guy. So it'd look really weird if Biden administration said, you know, yes to this drilling plan. But it also would be, you know, bad for the economy that's already having some problems for the Biden administration to say no. So in order to ease the yes on Willow, I think you think this is your prediction. You told you said, I think this is what they're really doing, yeah. right? Uh, they said, oh, well, we're not going to drill. We're going to limit and prevent drilling in this other area. Now, you have a theory about this. So the, uh, they're limiting in another area of Alaska. Uh, and I looked through some records. There haven't been any permits issued there. They haven't drilled there in years anyway. So it's like saying uh, Wheaties breakfast cereal no longer contains motor oil. Well, it never did in the first place. It's kind of like this. We're not going to, we're outlawing drilling there. There hadn't been drilling happening there in a lot of years. So basically he could say, yeah, we're going to approve the willow thing, but we're preventing all this drilling over here to try to ease, I think, the concerns of his climate. I think that theory is probably right. Talking out of both ends, out of his... (laughs) Rear end. Of course. Well, he has some fierce opponents already lined up for 2024, and they were in Iowa uh, here recently. Both uh, DeSantis made his first trip to Iowa, apparently was really well received. Trump has been back in Iowa and is saying he's going to be more disciplined. Now, if you recall the first time he was in Iowa, he was like still the new guy and unorganized and up against politicians who had been doing this for years and years. And apparently uh, they've gone back through some of the records and he really... He, he got beat uh, in Iowa by uh, Ted Cruz, and they said, like, they found, like, just records. Like, people had written in. They had pledged. They were, you know, and, and nobody ever called these people back. Like, they just didn't have enough organization or manpower to really m- motivate people in Iowa. And what Trump's saying now is, it was all there, but we weren't disciplined enough. And now he's saying, I'm going to perform better, I think, in Iowa this time because we are ready to go. And Ron DeSantis in Iowa, too, uh-huh. I think. And by the way, he's got a book. Uh, number one, New York Times bestseller list, and I bring that up for a couple of reasons. You look at other presidential, at the time, presidential candidates who put out books, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, even Donald Trump. Uh, where does the book sales right now with Ron DeSantis uh, tops all three of them, Trump, Obama, and Clinton? Missouri Senator uh, Josh Hawley is also apparently writing mean letters to China. Uh, he His bill, though, that would uh, seek to declassify information um, from the U.S. government about a COVID lab leak uh, sailed through the Senate and now has passed the House. And so he's saying, hey, China, we're going to find out you know, all your secrets. I guess the question in my mind is, yeah, so it gets declassified and we find out what are we going to do about it? Are we really going to, like, poke China with Joe Biden at the helm? I, I, you know, 
wouldn't be my first choice. By the way, it passed both chambers unanimously, which I thought was impressive. That's that unity. Also, the U.S. is looking for additional uh, ways to punish Russia during the Russia-Ukraine war. Right now, they're focused on oligarchs, whether or not they can liquidate their property and, and uh, in, basically impose additional financial penalties on Russia, Russia's most rich to try to get some movement. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert, 93.9 The Eagle. They invested a lot in their solutions uh, to achieve their goals. So we're, we're hopeful that... You know, we can all learn from what China is doing, but the amount of money that they're investing in clean energy is actually, you know, uh, encouraging. Department of Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, more proof that people, and it's not just Biden, people in the Biden administration, uh, he surrounds himself with bad people. We could learn from China as it relates to, as it relates to cleaning up the environment and pollution. China is is the worst offender. They release more carbon emissions than any other country on the planet. And this person who Biden said, hey, you should be in charge of the Department of Energy. You should do this. She said, we could learn from China. We could learn what they're doing. Welcome to the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Coming up, we're going to be chatting with a conservative running for office in a local uber liberal town the challenges of being the conservative running in a place like this but first we want to pass along as we have been covering the story this morning two officers shot last night in herman it's at a casey's general store across from the herman city park missouri state highway patrol has put out uh put out a tweet uh with some pretty sad news this morning both injured herman officers transported to area hospitals unfortunately we are saddened to announce the passing of Detective Sergeant Mason Griffith, who succumbed to his injuries. The second officer is in serious but stable condition. A story that we see usually in woke cities, progressive cities nationwide, officers getting shot and killed. Now we see it in mid-Missouri this morning. Sergeant Mason Griffith uh, died. He was a detective. Apparently, we're uh, uh, guessing right now he was with the Herman Police Department. The second officer is in serious but stable condition uh, breaks my heart and we're getting some more information about um kenneth lee simpson who is the suspect uh who they are still looking for uh information on his vehicle we've got. yeah black jeep wrangler 2014 black jeep wrangler would be like the convertible style jeep uh first three letters of the license plates r f Five RF five bleak black Jeep Wrangler and Will Sharf, who's a candidate for attorney general, a former federal prosecutor, uh, has put on Twitter, and you know he has access to the to court records and things. So I, you know, I have no reason to question, but I will attribute these things to him. He says he's asking, you know, why was this guy out in the first place? Uh, he said Simpson was charged with three gun charges and a felony drug charge after an arrest in September 2017. The case was basically set to go to trial in December 18. Um, all the while, the defendant was allowed to remain out on bond. And then in September 2022, that's five years after his original arrest, he failed to show up for his trial date. Uh, in 20, and then he goes back to 2004. He was convicted on a number of tampering first felony charges for which he had a suspended sentence. He violated his probation repeatedly. He only went to prison for 120 days. In 2006, he was convicted for felony property damage. In 2012, he was convicted of drug charges. And basically just saying, this guy was a repeat offender, multiple felonies and was allowed, you know, especially in this last instance, why was he allowed out on bond? Um, and he said, uh, 
will and and like what you said, Brady. You know, we expect this in the cities, yeah. and he said there's been a lot of focus. This is from Will Sharf. There's been a lot of focus on the St. Louis area and St. Louis courts, but all over the state, lax application of bail laws and failure to prosecute prosecute crime is leading to more crime and more victims. Again, you know, I haven't independently confirmed all of those charges, but you know, they'd be publicly available in the court's record database. Um, but really sad news this morning. Uh, and to your point about St. Louis, Roger Murphy is a retired St. Louis homicide detective uh, talking about, so we see these policies, well, let them out. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but we see it in cities like St. Louis, yes, in Kansas City. St. Louis really in the spotlight now because progressive policies are catching up with Kimberly Gardner now. Roger Murphy, retired St. Louis homicide detective on Fox over the weekend. Kim Gardner broke it down. Anytime that it's brought up, it's addressed or tries to be addressed. She points the finger at somebody else and blames somebody else. And then she uses, well, they're picking on me because of a black female. No, you're not being picked on. The, the, the problem is being addressed and you don't want to address it. You want to stick your hand in the sand. In, in the sand. So now we've got a crime rate that's out of control. And so this guy, apparently Kenneth Lee Simpson, according to court records, had been in a lot of trouble over the years. He was the one last night, apparently, allegedly. Uh, he is who cops are looking for this morning. Kenneth Lee Simpson, 34-year-old, white male, red hair, hazel eyes, black Jeep Wrangler, license plate uh, RF5, RF5AOP, RF5AOP. Uh, a detective, Sergeant Mason Griffith, apparently with the Herman Police Department, shot and killed last night. The other officer involved in that shooting is in serious but stable condition. Welcome into the show. We'll keep you updated on this as we go throughout the morning. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon Rather, joined by Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, Brian Houseworth, producer Hannah. Uh, you know, you look at Columbia and you look at very progressive policies there. As a matter of fact, right now, it's uh, they're having a hard time in the city of Columbia when you look at law enforcement. They're short a whole bunch of officers, but because of the national narrative about how ignorant police are, that's that narrative that's come from news outlets. Columbia Police Department, as are other police departments in Missouri and nationwide, they are having a hard time trying trying to get people to come and do law enforcement because the national news outlets, uh, they speak very ill. They speak in a poor manner. All cops are bad. And that's sickening when we see some of these things that are happening now. So we see how some of this progressive stuff affects the city of Columbia. What is it like when you live in Columbia and you're running for office and you're like the lone conservative you're like the lone wolf in Yellowstone, just out on your own, trying to carve out a living and do what you think is right. But you're in this this forest of liberal wolves. <laughs> Boy, that's awfully dramatic, isn't it? I uh, want to bring into the show Don Waterman. He's running for Fifth Ward City Council in the city of Columbia. Don, welcome into the show. Glad you could join us. What is that like, really being the lone conservative in this race in a town that's incredibly progressive? The voters incredibly progressive. What is that like for you? Well, um, good morning, and thank you for the opportunity to to join you. Um, I assume you can hear me okay. The it's it's interesting. Um, a lot of the forums that uh, I go to, uh, depending on who's putting it on, especially if it's like a round table to where you just go around and they ask the questions and. And I know that uh, frequently it'll be set up to where I'm always, I frequently go first and then Greg, my opponent, then gets to respond what I have to say uh, if he chooses to. But then when it comes back around, there's no opportunity for me then to counter-respond, counter if you will. 
Um, it's not as lonely as I think uh, a lot of people would would think. Um, there are a lot of conservatives here in Columbia. Um, the I think they do tend to be maybe not as vocal, uh, but they're there. Um, I know the um, like the local pachyderm clubs. You know, they generally have a you know a good turnout. If they know, depending on who the speaker is going to be, um, they generally can be pretty full. Um, and it just in knocking doors, I was out knocking doors yesterday, and most people in town. Now, I don't know whether they agreed with me or not. Um, most of them would just say, "Thanks for coming by. I'll take a look at this." You know, my pitch was pretty much here's you know, I'm Don Waterman, I represent the Fifth Ward, Columbia City Council. You know, some information about me. Appreciate your consideration and your vote on April fourth. Early voting starts. March blah blah blah. And you know, hand them my literature. They look at it, say, "Okay, we'll keep it in mind." And very pleasant about it, and close the door. I uh, did have a pushback on a couple. One was very much uh, oriented towards climate change. Um, and uh, when you say pushback, much- do you mean just somebody say, "Yeah, no, thanks, we're not interested," or to mm-hmm. the point they were being rude? No, not rude. Okay. Not rude. Uh, I will say that one. Uh, one gentleman was. He said, "You know, what's your position on Columbia?" And I said. You know, I want to see public safety, but I also want to see the the development, whether it's uh, housing uh, and business development, because that's what generates a growing, thriving Columbia, and that's what I want to see. And he simply said, I don't, handed me my literature back and closed the door. You know, I didn't didn't elaborate, and, you know, I didn't, and I didn't press him. I didn't knock on the door and say, tell me more. I just said, you know, thank you for your time and left. Well, if he were a true... If he were a true climate alarmist, he would have held on to the brochure and taken it to the recycling center <laughs> instead of just handing it back to you because we well, don't know. Was, yeah, that was one. The, yeah. the, the climate climate person was actually a second one. You know, and he said, what are you saying on climate change? I said, you know, it's a combination of what's occurring naturally. Yes, man, it's had an influence on it. But it's, you know, it's, it's a combination. And he said, well, you must not be an atmospheric scientist. I said, no, I'm not, but I know a good one. And Tony Lupo. Lu- Tony Lupo. Yep. That's exactly who I mentioned. And, um, you know, and he says, I know Tony. And I said, yeah, I said, we can disagree. And he handed me, you know, he handed me my literature back and said, no, thank you. And, uh, again, that was the end of it. Not rude, but well, like you said, but at least he gave it back to me. He didn't just throw it on the ground and throw it in the trash. So, right. so I recycled it to the next house I knocked on. So, All right. um, Don, anyway, so Don Waterman running for Fifth Ward, Fifth uh, Fifth Ward City Council in the city of Columbia. Really, the lone conservative in the race. Before we let you go, uh, number one issue facing Columbia. The number one thing I've got on my flyer is fully staffing our public safety, yep. police, yep. firefighters, EMS. Right. That's the first bullet point on my uh, literature that I hand out. Uh, I've got a mailing that's going to be coming out here shortly, and. Um, Again, first first bullet point on it is is public safety. We're short twenty two officers, and you know when we start to get together, when millennia ago, when families started joining together into groups that become the communities, you know, way back in the early stages of civilization, one of the primary reasons they did was for mutual safety and public safety. You know that hasn't changed. 
Yeah, hasn't so, changed, and we're we're seeing some of uh, uh, our our brothers and sisters in law enforcement this morning. An officer shot and killed last night, Herman, tragic. Missouri. Story we're yeah. following Don Waterman. Uh, that's who I would vote for. He is the conservative in city council. Don, thank you for joining us on Wake Up Mid Missouri this morning. Thank you for having me. All right. We're chatting with Mark Schwartz. He's a lifelong resident of Jefferson City. He was at last week's uh, event honoring Democrat uh, uh, minority leader John Rizzo in the annual Statesman of the Year event that's put on by Scott Fawn and Surrey Soybean Growers Association. was asking him what that's like. He's, well, you know, it's supposed to be a nonpartisan office, but my opponent, we know uh, where her politics are and we know where mine are. He says... But you can tell just by our policies where we stand on things. Mark Schwartz, that's who I would be voting for in that particular race in Jefferson City. Uh, right now, big story we are following this morning. We brought you this earlier, a little bit after 9 o'clock last night. Casey's General Store in Herman, Missouri, right across from the city park. When you're, well, right, you know, you cross the Missouri River getting into Herman, there would be a Casey's on your left, across the street from the park, two officers shot. Uh, one of them has died, Detective Sergeant Mason Griffin. This according to a tweet from the Missouri Highway Patrol. Patrol is saying that he might be on foot, and they are. They have put out a blue alert. A blue alert goes out whenever somebody uh, has injured law enforcement in the, uh, in the line of duty. Uh, they are looking for a 2014 Jeep Wrangler. I believe it's a black Jeep Wrangler. Jeep Wrangler is kind of the convertible style of Jeep. License plates on that RF5AOP, RF5AOP. Coming up a few minutes from now, here on the show, so, you know, we get these recalls on vehicles all the time are rather strange. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. I'm hoping the best there. Hopefully get a couple wins, even though we're a seventh seed. Uh, we just got to get through Utah State first and then hopefully beat the number two seed. Fans reacting after Mizzou gets picked. They're the seventh seed in the NCAA tournament in their regional game coming up Thursday. Uh, Going to be like a daytime game. Welcome to the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I want to bring you an update to a story. This unfolding in Herman, Missouri. This was last night about quarter after nine. Officers called to Casey's General Store across from Herman City Park. Apparently shots fired. One of those officers this morning, uh, now according to the Missouri State Highway Patrol, has died. And that's a story we're working on for you. John Marsh, Brian Hallsworth, going to have more on this coming up for you at 7 o'clock. Any new information we can add uh, oh, to this right now? Well, a lot of you are texting us that there was a standoff. It's been reported um, that there was a home in Herman that was surrounded. There was a standoff. Exactly the timing and whether the standoff is ongoing, we're getting conflicting reports of. But, you know, the shooting occurred at the Casey's, and then at some point, point after that there was a home that was surrounded whether he is still barricaded in that home or on the loose uh, I think we, we've been getting some conflicting texts according to the highway patrol and the blue alert that was sent out last night uh, they said he had fled the scene which I think means from Casey's uh, and so we have some vehicle inf uh, information uh, about him. 2014 Jeep Wrangler, Missouri license plates RF5AOP. First three letters of that Missouri license plates on the 2014 Jeep Wrangler, the convertible style Jeep RF5. Again, Brian, John have more on this coming up. It's a little bit after 7 o'clock on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Brandon Rather, Stephanie Bell, producer Hannah John Marsh, Brian Houseworth this year. Big winner at the Oscars last night, including for Best Picture, everything 
all at once. Matter of fact, Michelle Yeoh, who won for Best Lead Actress from that same movie, took a little, I don't know if folks got this, but it was a dig at CNN's Don Lemon, and rightfully so, man. Uh, I, I dug it. Coming up 825 this morning, we're going to be doing the morning bell business news. A little twist only Stephanie Bell can give you, and as we try to write, watch out for your financial interest, of course, a little bit after 7 o'clock, more on this bank that failed in California. I don't know if you've heard this yet. Another one failed yesterday after the feds in the morning said, yeah, we should be good. Don't worry about it. Another one fails later in the day. Car recalls. And uh, unless I see my car on the list, I don't pay attention to these because they come out all the time. There's uh, Toyota Tundras being recalled over uh, the truck beds, over truck beds, airbags and Kias. Those are kind of important. But the one that really caught my fancy was a, uh, a vehicle recall offered up by the company of Nissan. Uh, and here's the problem Nissan is having, apparently. Steering wheels might fall off. <laughs> That'll get your attention. That'll get your attention. <laughs> well, so what? You're just driving, and all of a sudden, like you're holding it, and it's like detached <laughs> from the steering column. I mean, I had a wheel do that once <laughs> while I was going down Highway 63. So. That's someone else's problem. Uh, there is a wheel problem from somebody, and I forget which one it is. It's a wheelie uh, big problem. <laughs> There's a lot of different recalls, and the the other one that I saw this week was apparently like e-bikes are exploding everywhere. Oh yeah. You know, lighting on fire. Apparently not while you're riding them, which I'm like, does that make it better? Nissan said the report that a certain number of cars recently had their steering wheels steering wheels replaced because they had a quality issue. So there's a recall, quality issue. You bring them in, people took them in, they replaced the steering wheel. Well, during the replacement process, the steering wheel could have been improperly stalled. <laughs>